hey, you know what to do, you're grown, you know what's right. 19, 16, I, don't, I never know exactly what those mean, but we're somewhere in that ballpark. It's one o'clock in the afternoon in Auburn, Alabama, and this place was lit. Do you want to make a podcast? Well, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money as well. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and literally everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, it's been so easy to get the show out to y'all, and I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 17 of the College Loop Podcast and... A little mix-up combo today. Uh, Mr. Harrison Tarr is not here. He is at a wedding, missing out on Auburn Athletics like a like a weirdo. I mean, who goes can't trust Saturday weddings. No. Fall weddings, fall weddings are the worst, though. I'll give you that. Yeah, but I'm joined today by Daniel Locke, as always on the show. Daniel, how you doing? Dylan, I'm doing great. Um, it's good to be here. Wish uh, wish Auburn could have pulled it out today, but what just happened to Norman makes it a little bit easier. It is bittersweet, as one might call it. Alabama just lost by almost 30 points to the Oklahoma Sooners, but Auburn could not pull out a win in their Big 12 challenge, losing 80-77 to to West Virginia in a game where it kind of hurts me more than probably it hurts a lot of other Auburn fans because I have family in West Virginia who are actively rooting against us, and we're talking a lot of crap. But uh, Auburn went down 17 points and at the end of the first half, came back, lost within three. But, I mean, it's really hard to win when you let Eric Stevenson put up 31 points. Yeah. Um, they've definitely got to find a way to keep opposing guards from just absolutely dicing them like that. Because um, that's just been one of the most common themes with Auburn losing games this year is when the other team has a guard that just goes off and Auburn just falls apart defensively. And we saw it today. Uh, we saw it Wednesday night. So hopefully they can kind of figure that out because they're going to be playing a lot of pretty good guards here down the stretch. Especially one that just lost in Norman with Brandon Miller, who kind of should worry a lot of Auburn fans. Yeah. But kind of kind of a coming out party for KD Johnson. They put up 10 points, but, I mean, the entire team shot pretty poorly from the three. Your best three-point shooters and in, in Alan Flanagan, Wendell Green, and Jay, Jalen Williams all had one three to their names. But Jay Will shot one of three, Wendell Green one of five, Alan Flanagan one of four. And, I mean, when Wendell Green is shooting the same three-point percentage as KD Johnson, it's not going to end well offensively for Auburn. No. But the second half was a huge difference. That or there was a huge difference between the first half and the second half for the Tigers. I think if they would have came out swinging like they did in the second half, I think this would have been a win for one thing, but it would have been a pretty substantial win because in the second half, Auburn really found a groove. Janai Broom didn't score a single point in the first half, and he put up 15 in the second. Yeah, they definitely kind of made some halftime adjustments that worked. Um, unfortunately, you couldn't – the hole was just a little too deep to dig out of, but – 
it's good to see that the Zolvern team just won't lay out, like roll over and quit. Like that they will fight and they will try to get back in any game no matter the deficit. Yeah. Uh, we talked about it last game or last week when we previewed this game that if Auburn lost this game, it's going to be pretty hard to dig themselves out of a hole because right now every game is really dependent on where your seeding is going to be. And we thought this was a kind of a comeback game. We thought this was going to be where Auburn could win against a middle-of-the-road West Virginia team and kind of solidify themselves back into a tournament team or at least like like a six or higher seed. But from the first half and the second half, I mean, yeah, they came back within three in the second half, but the first half was just so bad. You're almost wondering like, which team are you going to see more often throughout the, the remaining schedule? This was probably the second easiest game remaining on Auburn's schedule. Honestly, probably so. Um, and it's just, like you said, it's not getting any easier. Um, you're about to get into the real meat of the schedule. Cause you know, like next Saturday you play Tennessee. And it just – it really doesn't stop. So, it's definitely a little um kind of disheartening today to see that they couldn't get it done. And it really makes you wonder for what's ahead. If you look at the schedule, they play uh, – we'll have a preview show for this, but Wednesday they play Georgia in Neville Arena. So, hopefully you can get a, a build off of – I mean, Georgia's already playing better than they have been playing in like the past three or four years. Yeah. Then, yeah, you mentioned Saturday at Tennessee, and then you go at College Station to play Texas A&M, who just beat Auburn and ended their home winning streak. Then you get Alabama, then Missouri, who just clobbered Iowa State. I think it, I actually came back and it was closer, but last time I checked, it was up by like 20. At Vanderbilt versus Ole Miss, which Ole Miss and Vanderbilt, probably the two easiest games left out of the rest. Uh, but then right after Ole Miss, you go to Lexington, Kentucky. Then you go to Tuscaloosa, and then you wrap up the season in Neville Arena versus Tennessee, and then you got to get into the SC tournament. And yeah, it's I it's mean, a brutal stretch for sure. So I, yeah, I don't think it gets it get any harder for any other team unless you're already a bad team and you have to deal with that. I, if you if you can pull out, let's see how many games is that? Four, five, ten games left. I mean, one, four of those ten just look almost impossible to win at this moment. I, I mean, it it could definitely change if Auburn comes out swinging against Georgia from the get-go and finds a way to keep it close at Tennessee, I think maybe you could salvage the season. Mm-hmm. Auburn's still a tournament team, but, I mean, the seeding is looking like it might be kind of low, like mighty low if this current trend keeps up with how they've been playing. Yeah, and then if you go too low, I just don't see this team making much of a run at all. Yeah, it's it's going to be a rough stretch if Auburn if, – if the second-half team that we saw today can come out against Georgia and can finish other – if Auburn can get hot, if Auburn can get mm-hmm. hot right now, if that second half was what Auburn needed just to push a little further, then I think the season can be saved. But, I mean, at Tennessee, at A&M, at Bama, at Kentucky – those are all pretty hard places to win at. And then you add in the fact that, I mean, Georgia's playing good. A&M's playing good. Bama is not going to be second best team in the country anymore, but they were and probably still are going to be in the top four or five. Yeah. Missouri is pretty dang good. I mean, two, the two, I don't even want to say they're gimme wins anymore. I, I think Vanderbilt can definitely be a trap game. It could be. 
And I mean, Ole Miss is bad. Like they're really bad. But I mean, you don't know what Auburn's going to show up on any given week. So I mean, sure. but yeah, Wednesday, the Wednesday episode or Tuesday episode, we'll have a preview of this game, and Thursday will be the review. So hopefully, within those two days, we can pull out a win, a Georgian, hopefully continue a streak. But to go from some not so good news to some good news. Daniel, you were at this game, right? At no, you weren't. Never mind. It's at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I thought it was. I thought it was Neville Arena. <laughs> but women's basketball is continuing their win streak in the SEC, extended to two as they took down the Kentucky Wildcats, seventy-one to sixty-eight. And was it overtime? Uh, no, it was regulation. Regulation, yeah. Yep. Uh, but yeah, yeah. great, great win for J- Johnny Harris. I almost said Janai Harris because of Janai uh-huh. Broom. But Johnny Harris and the Lady Tigers, as I mean, Aisha Kobali put up 20 points, which I mean, you're expecting big nights from her every night. And she goes from a 31 pointer point game to a 20 point game, which is mm. kind of evident right now that if Auburn wants to keep up the streak, give Aisha Kobali the ball. Yeah. But, but yeah, just give me your thoughts on the game. Sure. So definitely a great way to build off of what they did at home last Sunday. Um, Another game that just helped build confidence. And um, Sanaya Wells hosted a, excuse me, a season high. Goodness. Okay. I need a nap after the show. <laughs> yeah. Sanaya Wells posted a season high 16 points. Honestly, Scott Grayson's still coming back in form with a 12 point game and eight points from Precious Johnson, seven points from Carissa Richardson. And the team is. They win games when they can successfully score from inside to paint. And I think 40 of their 71 points came from inside to paint. So that's always very encouraging. They also did a good job of capitalizing on turnovers as they had a good more, I can't remember the exact number, but they did really well against Kentucky in the points off turnovers and second chance points. So if they can continue to play play to that level, um, really convert at the line like they've been doing, I don't see why they can't keep it rolling and knock off the Florida Gators at home on Monday. Yeah, uh, looking at the box score, they forced Kentucky to have 20 turnovers, which, I mean, really helps. And you brought it up, they're playing Florida on Monday, the uh, tomorrow as this comes out. And is that I remember we talked about it a lot. We talk about it every day, almost. Uh, that women's basketball could put up five conference wins, and I mean they're almost halfway there. You can't really win a half game, no. but I think Florida is one of those winnable games you see for the Tigers if they can continue to play as well. They've been playing these past two games, and I know Vanderbilt was on that as well. Let's see mm-hmm. who, who was the other? Who was the fifth team? Um, I think Ole Miss. Ole Miss. We don't have. No, we've already played them. Already beat Ole Miss. Um, so Florida, Arkansas. I'm gonna skip South Carolina because there's no way. At Bama, A and M, at Tennessee, at Georgia, at Georgia, at Georgia, or A and M. One of those. All right. So potentially six. Sure. But yeah, if Auburn can continue the streak that they're, I mean, they're the games aren't aren't like blowouts by no means, but I mean. No. When, a t- when a team who is in a rebuilding stage can come out and win these close, hard-fought games, and it, mm-hmm. it's it's a con- confidence builder for the team. And 
you look down the stretch, I mean, Auburn could make some noise in the SC tournament, but I, I, the thing is with the SC tournament, if you want to get in the NCAA tournament, you have to win the SC tournament, and which means you have to play either at LSU or South Carolina again. So, I mean, I, I think the tournament's out of reach for Auburn, but I mean, finish out the season, you get five or six SC conference wins after you just went, what, 0 for 6 in the conference? Yeah. I mean, I think that's pretty good. And I think that's a great standing point to go into next season with. I think so, too. And if you look at this Florida team, um, they're pretty cold as they've dropped four of their last five. So it's definitely not out of the realm of possibility to see Auburn pick up a win on Monday. And uh, their win over Vanderbilt, who's one of the teams that we saw, but they've also they also lost to Kentucky a few uh, weeks ago, actually. In, uh, in the swamp, they lost eighty-one to seventy-five to Kentucky, and I think that, I mean, it'd be huge if Auburn could pull out another win. I, I think that Auburn's going on the right path, especially with Zania Wells putting up a lot of some good points off the bench, and I'm assuming that she's going to be. Oh, is Aisha Kobali a senior? Oh uh, yeah, and oh, she's a junior actually. So we might have oh. we have another season of Aisha Kobali. So next season, expect the Aisha Kobali and Sanai Wells to kind of replace the on Scott Grayson. And I think this recruiting class coming in is pretty good as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that Auburn is kind of looking up in women's basketball. So I know you had a tweet pop off about how fun it is to cover women's sports. And it'd be really huge if women's basketball could bring in the kind of crowd that men's basketball or like even gymnastics could bring in. Yeah. Just build the culture at Auburn. Absolutely. Um, I would love to see that get kind of see the culture become what it once was like back in the Joe Champy days in the nineties. Um, or I mean, honestly, even if the arena looked like what it did in the early Bruce days, that would be really cool, but there's still a long way to go, but we can get there for sure under the leadership of Johnny Harris. Yeah. And just move from one women's sport to another last night or Actually, let's see. Is this that? Friday night? Auburn gymnastics hosted NC State, the number twenty team, the number twenty team in the country, and won by a, another another point win. Which uh, I've been informed a point win is pretty much a blowout in gymnastics. Oh yeah, and I, on a career night for Cassie Stevens, who had I think two nine nines mm-hmm. on the day, one on vault and the other on was it floor or was it beam that she did floor. I know she's an all, she's an all around, so she put up a hell of a night last she night, did. and it was huge. I made sure she was the headliner on the final score graphic, but I mean gymnastics is just filthy. They are very very good. A team that's just loaded with talent, and I'm really really excited to see what they can do as the season rolls along. Yeah, uh, I I'm not I'm gonna pull up the schedule while I'm talking so I can try to remember when their next gym when their next meet is. I know the next home one is against LSU. Oh, LSU! That one's going to be absolutely a little packed to the brim in Pebble Arena. They will be. But let's see, their next meet is at Alabama in a week on February third. So that is next uh, Friday. Friday. Yep. Which is going to be probably another hard fought game. Uh, Auburn looking like a, a championship team. We say it every week. They're this is a championship caliber team. 
And they are. And a little shameless plug, I will have coverage of this meet live from Coleman Coliseum on Friday. So if you're not following me on Twitter, at Daniel J. Locke is the place for your gymnastics coverage. But I'm excited. Um, always a good time to watch Alabama and Auburn face off in anything. Um, a little more so when it's one that we have a good shot at winning. So I'm very, very excited for that meet, and I'm excited for this season. Yeah, hopefully uh, we say it all the time. Put up a statue of Simi Lee. Put up a statue of Deron Goborn, and Cassie Absolutely. Stevens is making her case for why she deserves a statue in yeah. front of Devil Arena. <laughs> why not? And just moving on from gymnastics to football is junior day on the Plains yesterday, actually, and Auburn was loaded up on players. I mean, we talked about a few of them, but just for me to go through the entire list, the class of 2024 is there. Three-star quarterback Kamari McClellan, four-star running back Jamarion Burnett, who we covered on last week with me and Tar. Four-star wide receiver, uh, three, two four-star wide receivers. I'm just going to say the positions in the, in the stars because that just makes it easier on me. Three-star wide receiver, three-star O-line, four-star D-line, three-star D-line, four-star – or four four-star linebackers to class 24, five – or four four-star defensive backs, of three four-star athletes, and class 25, you got quarterback, running back, all four-stars, and two five-stars on the edge and defensive back. Hugh Freeze. Hugh Freeze is absolutely killing it in the recruiting world right now. I, I To his ability – to bring in all these guys on the same day that Alabama was holding theirs. I think that was around 50 or 50 names. I think I was about to read before I stopped myself just to save my voice. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. Yeah. It's definitely a breath of fresh air from what we've seen over the past couple seasons of just in the nicest way possible, non-existent recruiting efforts. And that's one thing like that will make or break your SEC football program. If you can't recruit, don't even show up on Saturdays in the fall because there's no point. So the fact that since Bruce or Bruce Pearl, since Hugh Freeze has taken over the helm of the Auburn football program, he wasted no time doing the most important things, putting together a staff and hitting the road. And he's been on the road nonstop, yet he's still making appearances, which I like to see. He um was at a – I forget which one. I believe the Arkansas basketball game. Uh, he was there. So that was really cool to see. Um, so hopefully that just – he continues to do both. And you would have really enjoyed the conversation we had last week because I'm just going to run through some of the schools again that, that we have kids visiting from. 2027 quarterback Trent Seaborn, who we talk about all the time. I think it's Seaborn, actually. It's from Thompson High School in Alabama. We'll also have a four-star wide receiver in the class 24 from Central Phoenix City in Alabama. Four-star athlete DeMarcus Riddick, Chilton County, Alabama. Four-star running back Jamarion Burnett from Andalusia, which is in Alabama. Four-star defensive back Jaden Lewis in Anniston, Alabama. And so on and so forth. I don't have all the schools in front of me, but it seems like I know you're going to enjoy talking about this because we talked about that a lot on our like first or second episode about how it's been really hard for Auburn to win the state in recruiting. Yeah. And it, and not even like coming in second place in recruiting. Sometimes exactly. we would, we would lose recruiting battles to out of state, like Florida, Georgia, Florida state, all those schools would just take athletes right under our noses, especially with like central Phoenix city who Auburn has been refusing to recruit from the past, I think 
two coaching staffs. I, I can't really remember how far back to the Chiswick days, but Central Phoenix City is like 45 minutes from Auburn. Right. Like there's, there's no reason why an Auburn coach cannot be able to recruit to a school that is like down the road. Exactly. It's like you would never see Nick Saban lose a five-star out of Tuscaloosa ever. Or Bessemer or Birmingham. All those athletes are just right there, and Saban's always right in there with them. Yeah. Like, there's just – it's very disheartening to see a top-ten recruit from the state of Alabama go to Oklahoma. Like, there's just no reason that that couldn't have been an Auburn recruit. Um, so, I, I'm really glad to see that Hugh Freeze is putting an emphasis on – trying to get back some of the ground we've lost in this state, but still not um, losing focus on, like, the Floridas and Georgias and even getting out in Texas a little bit, which is a gold mine. Which, yeah, uh, we're so all or Alabama's surrounded by states that just produce a lot of talent. And, yeah, I mean, Alabama can produce some talent too, but probably not in the same wavelength as a Florida or a Georgia or a Texas can. And, uh, those states are also important. You want to win battles there too. Mm-hmm. You're least likely to steal a five star from Georgia or Texas than you are to get a five star from from Alabama, especially right. when you have a four star wide receiver who is probably going to be a five star by the end of the next recruiting cycle, and he's like right there. You'd be like, hey, you can come on a, you bring your family down to the university and watch our recruiting st- or talk to our coaches and all that stuff, and they're just right there, like. Yeah. Dude can come right out of come right out of class. He, he can just leave school, come down the road. Yeah, make a day trip out of him. Exactly. And, and I know some of these other places on here, Gainesville, Georgia is on here, and a few other schools are thrown out. Houston County, Georgia, they're all thrown in there. And you wanna you would like to win the state of Georgia too, just to yeah, kind of dethrone another another one of your rivals. But I mean, you're never gonna win Georgia, you're never gonna win Florida, you're never gonna win Tennessee. But to watch you freeze sit down and basically let Auburn fans know that he wants to pick up players who are in your state. And I mean, you, if you play in somebody 14, you know, you've got to go for the pipeline states and there's not a yeah. bigger pipeline state for Auburn than Alabama. Exactly. And I mean, you can't, you can't let, I've, it sounds so repetitive, but I just want to put it out there. You cannot let these out of state schools out recruit you especially when they're recruiting to from schools that are right next to you like they're under your nose kirby smart is right under your nose talking to all these five star and four stars that are at auburn high opelika high central phoenix city alex city all those cities all around auburn are getting out recruited by a school that is six hours away right and I, i'm loving what he is doing i he absolutely i love it and i would I'm going to love to see how high of a recruiting class he has. I, I don't want to like jinx anything. I'll knock on my, I think this could be a top 10 class for Auburn next season. I think so. And you're not going to get everybody. I know I, there's 50 names that were in Auburn this on uh, yesterday, but I mean, if you could pull in half that, if maybe a little more, I mean, this is not everybody Auburn's going to have visit over the, over the past few things, but I'm going to show it to my camera. Just like all those names. That's a lot of four stars on there. Yeah. It, a, a class full of half those guys would be a pretty dang good class. Mm-hmm. But with that, that's all we had today. It was a little quick episode after we had two hour-long episodes come out, but we had a lot of things to talk about those two days. But with that being said, 
I'm Dylan Lark at your boy the tank on Twitter. Daniel, you can go ahead and plug yourself. I'm Daniel Locke at Daniel J. Locke on Twitter. And follow us on all our socials. We got Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, we got YouTube, we got TikTok, and it's all at the college loop. Don't look us up on MySpace because we don't have that yet. <laughs> but that being said, it's been the College Loop Podcast. <laughs>